Play fake. Young goes deep middle. He's got Jerry Rice. Touchdown 49ers. Welcome to another edition of the 49ers Family Podcast, where three generations of 49ers fans break down the game each week and hear from Grandpa Mike as he shares personal experiences since he became a fan in 1949. My name is Josh. I'm here with my dad, Jared, and my grandpa, Mike, and we are a 49ers family. All right, um, let's go ahead and get started. Break down this Chiefs game. Yuck. Grandpa, dad, how are we feeling today? Well, um, not good. It was really an embarrassment. It was, you know, a smackdown. We simply were overwhelmed and outplayed. Yep. It- the Chiefs by a by a knockout, and the game <clears throat> was advertised as the top offense against the top defense. And Kansas City just has incredible team speed. Yep. And their offensive line was phenomenal. I mean, we didn't put much pressure on Mahomes. He's very elusive, even when you do. Um, but their offensive line, it, it's really deserves a lot of credit. Kansas City scored touchdowns on six of its first eight drives. I mean, well, 44 points, 532 yards, and 58 plays. So Kansas City averaged nine yards every time they snapped the ball. Unbelievable. That's the highest yardage the 49ers have allowed since 1963 which is 59 years ago. I mean, I just was in shock. Um, You know, the first half was close. The turning point came right before the first half. We're trailing 14 to 13. And um, on the five-yard line, it was third and three, and Garoppolo threw an interception. Um, And, you know... He, he should have thrown the ball away or taken a sack or whatever. But um, so we got nothing there. <clears throat> we had five trips to the, to the red zone, scored two touchdowns, one field goal, and two interceptions. So the game was just awful. It was. Every, every way. Um, the yeah. offense was not good, and our defense was just deplorable. So it was, it was a bad one. And, you know, some people think about 1994 when we won the Super Bowl. And during that year, we lost to Philadelphia 40 to 8. And that's when Steve Young was yelling at George Seifert, the coach, when he took him out of the game. And the, the team actually came together and went on and won the Super Bowl. So that's, that's you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that that happens here. But that was just deplorable last Sunday it was dad what what were your thoughts my thoughts were um uh yeah it was hard to watch and hard to you know see uh, what was happening and uh see our defense kind of get uh um just kind of run over and those kind of those those numbers uh get rolled up on the the 49ers defense that prides themselves on their defense and their strength and I think, uh, I mean, it's been many years since uh, 44 points have been scored against the Niners. Um, 
uh, grandpa kind of alluded to to it i think uh, this may be a catalyst potentially for the 49ers particularly the defense that their pride um was certainly uh, hurt and uh i think it was one of the probably the darkest hours of this season so far and sometimes that is something that a team can really rally about around and hopefully had some of those kind of collective meeting like uh, grandpa alluded to with uh, steve young that year in 1994. um that was one of the darkest hours that season but um, I think even Steve Young was taken out of the game at some point during that game. And uh, he, he said never again. I mean, and it changed, it galvanized the team. So um, whether it's Hafunga or Warner or somebody defensively to come together, um, maybe this was kind of where they, they make their stand and uh, the whole season could change and swing on this game. Um, and I'm hoping it's, it's something like that. Um, I love that we put 23 points up on the board. I like uh, when we're scoring, you know, 20 plus points, uh, our offense has trouble kind of getting a rhythm going. So um, I like we put 23 points up. We, uh, we distributed the ball passing to, I look like about eight different players, almost kind of um, um, nice yardage to Kittle, Ayuk, uh, uh, McLeod, Debo, I mean, just kind of down the line. So I think there was good distribution, um, passing, uh, turned over the ball. That's always going to kill us. So all in all, I think it was, um, uh, a defensive poor performance, but I think it'll, it'll, we'll rally around that. That's what yeah. I'm Yeah, it was, it was definitely an interesting game. I think you know, a couple of my thoughts were I did feel that we got out coached, um, that we weren't as prepared as they were. They they clearly had a game plan and put that into place. And we almost played victim a little bit on the defensive side that they were just picking us apart. Um, and even on the offensive side, they uh, not that they, you know, we still racked up 343 um, passing yards, a total of 444 yards. That, that's plenty of yards. And we held the ball for 30, almost 34 minutes of the game. There's still a, a lot of a lot of good things. But when you're playing Kansas City and they can score so quick, none of that really matters. Um, they, they, they don't care if they get in a shootout. They don't care if you have 40, 444 yards because they're going to put up 530 and score 44 points in, in 26 minutes. And like Grandpa said, in 58 plays. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think um, we, we just honestly did not play our best ball. You know, Grandpa and I talked about this last week that, you know, there were a lot of injury concerns and, things going into that game. And I think that a little bit distracted getting healthy, which we did and, and we're moving forward with that, um, getting healthier. Um, I think that did distract a little bit from the game planning and the execution um, that re it requires to beat a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. And honestly, I would not be surprised if the Chiefs make another deep run into the playoffs uh, and we maybe see them in the Super Bowl and we could have a rematch um that they are that good and we honestly we we are that good as well so we'll see we'll see what happens agreed grandpa what are some grandpa what other things uh kind of pop out to you who who and individuals wise um as far as 49ers go 
stood out uh, for better or for worse? Well, for worse, uh, Jimmy Ward was terrible. He, yep. he, I, they targeted him, I think, seven times, seven completions. He gave up two touchdowns. They just um, ate him alive. And it reminded me of the Super Bowl, that, that play in the fourth quarter with six minutes and 13 seconds left to were ahead by 10 points. Kansas City had a third and 15. And they threw a long pass and to Jimmy Ward's guy, he was, he was the defender and they caught it, made a first down and came back and won the Super Bowl. So I'm really concerned about Jimmy Ward. I don't think he'll be back next year. He just, he just gets beat. Um, he hits hard um, and that's his forte. He's, he's good at stopping the run and that, but he just got swallowed um, as as did others. So, um, but on a really bright note, um, two, what, two days, three days before the, the Chiefs game, we made a trade. And sure did. I got very excited when, I, in fact, you text me, Josh, with the news um, that we got Christian McCaffrey. I think it's a sensational trade. The guy is a first down maker i mean he he's uh he's a yardage machine and um there's lots of teams that wanted him mm -hmm. uh, you know and and one of those was the rams and the ram offer was similar to the 49ers except their i don't know one of their picks was in 2023 instead of 2022 um so <clears throat> Um, I'm very excited about Christian McCaffrey. We'll talk about him a little later, but that I was on a real high when we got him. And after we got demolished here, um, I became depressed. Yeah. And, um, but this week we have the Rams and um, Jared and I are going to the game. So we're looking very, forward. we'll be there. Very we're looking forward to that. Yeah. Dad, what were some of the players that kind of jumped off the tape, good or bad for you? It's a good question. Um, I would say um, I really, no, no big standouts personally, you know, that, that stick out to me. Um, uh, I, I was excited to see McCaffrey in the game. You know, I wasn't sure if he was going to get any play time. Um, so exciting. Looking forward to seeing him play um here in LA um against the Rams this Sunday live and in person and I hope he tears it up after a week of uh you know full practices and whatnot so looking forward to that but um um I would say no I I don't have anybody that you know really uh stands out to me in this game I think everybody who needed to do their job did it but I our secondary you know got eaten alive and Jimmy Ward sounds like he was uh, kind of our, our weakest link. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something that jumped off the tape for me that I was not particularly excited to see because I'm scared it becomes kind of a game plan that others will use against us, namely the Rams, um, uh, was I, I feel like the Chiefs, once again, they had a game plan of how to work around Nick Bosa, take him out of the game. 
and they really did. Um, there was a few times that that Nick Bosa didn't matter what the heck he did on that play, he was completely useless. Um, and even you know rushing into the backfield, but that was part of that was part of the design and throwing the ball. Uh, you know, quickly, uh, you know, over the top of him or, or whatever, or that, that sweep to the other side. And he, <laughs> he gets past this guy and looks around like, where, where'd the ball go? Um, and I was like, dang it. Um, Cause he's just such a disruptor. Uh, and honestly, he didn't have his, his best game. And a lot of that not was, wasn't that he wasn't performing. It was that he, he was taken out of the, the game schematically. Um, and then, you know, I do think that there, there were some some good points on the offense, Grandpa. I know that we wanted to talk a little bit about Spencer Burford and Aaron Banks um, that have been killing it, honestly, this year um, at the guard position and exceeding our expectations. Tell us a little bit about what we're seeing there. Well, <clears throat> as we began this season, that was one of our main concerns, it certainly was one of mine, and that was the center of our offensive line. Um, we started really rookies at center in both guard positions. Um, and, you know, uh, after we lost um, Trey Lance, then if Jimmy got hurt, you know, because our offensive line couldn't protect, um, we, the season would be over. It turns out that Spencer Burford and Aaron Banks have played exceedingly well, and they're rated in the top five guard tandems in the whole league at a 32. They're in the top five. And uh, Aaron Banks has been everything mm -hmm. the team thought he would be when they drafted him at a Notre Dame. He did nothing last year. And, you know, there was, there was concern and, um, but, he has played very, very well. Um, they've allowed 16 combined, Banks and Burford have allowed 16 or 15 pressures in seven games, um, which again is in the top five for guard play. And um, their pass blocking has been excellent. Um, and let's see, I have one other note here. Uh, Banks has been charged with allowing eight pressures this season coming off. He's coming off back-to-back -back games, allowing one single pressure in the last two games. Mm -hmm. That's 92 consecutive pass blocking snaps. He allowed one pressure. So mm -hmm. the center of our offensive line is playing very well. And that was an unknown as we started the season. So that's a bright spot. And um, anyway, for sure. No, I definitely want to give them, you know, give them credit where credit is due because they have exceeded expectations. Um, and yeah, we're still, <laughs> we're seven games into the season, but especially now with adding Chris McCaffrey, dealing with all the injuries that we've had, I still feel like we're figuring out kind of who we are a little bit. Um, this game was a little bit of a gut check as well. Uh, to kind of determine, all right, what are we going to be known for? What are we good at? Um, and what can they not take away from us? That was something I think that the 2019 wa was exactly that, that teams knew we were going to run the ball. 
teams knew that our defensive line was going to get after them and there was nothing they could do about it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I think, and honestly, kind of what the Chiefs did to us. I think that's what good teams do to you. They impose yeah. their will. Um, and we, we, need to do, we need to do more of that, especially on offense. Um, I, while this was probably the worst defensive performance on, of the defense, um, Niners defense that I've seen in a very, very, very long time, I, I do believe it's more of a blip on the radar um, and an outlier than something consistent. But uh, last thing about the Chiefs game is that, man, red zone, we just, we were, we were actually, you know, driving the ball. That's why we ended up with so many yards, but field goal, field goal, as you mentioned, interception, um, those were huge. And if you expect to play with these teams like the Chiefs or Bills or whoever we might go up against in, you know, in the AFC, um, in the Super Bowl, Yes, I'm talking about the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, we got to get there. But you, you have to be able to, to execute and, and it convert when it counts. And that's, that is the red zone. Yeah, the Niners um, offense this year to date is ranked 20th in the NFL out of the 32 teams. We average 20.7 points a game. And to me, it's very disappointing with, mm -hmm. you know, we have this brilliant coach that um, is an offensive genius, and we have a, a tremendous cast of players. I mean, it's, it's like an all-star team, um, and we're only scoring 20 points a game, so there's something wrong there, and turnovers is part of it, but um, we've got to start opening this up, and um, I was pleased today when in, in the 49er practice they had Jimmy Garoppolo throwing deep. Mm. And that's, you know, our drives are just five, six, seven, eight yards at a time. We move down the field and a lot of third down plays and um, there's no long, very long passes. And, you know, so um, today in practice, they had Garoppolo throwing deep. Well, that's great. So we'll see, well, we'll see if that happens on Sunday. Yep. Oh, but you know, talking about that offensive spark, uh, last week we also talked about potential trades. Uh, we mentioned Christian McCaffrey might be on the block. We recorded that on Wednesday evening, and by Thursday evening, the news broke that we had gotten Christian McCaffrey. And talk about a spark. Um, let's talk about him for a little bit because we saw a brief, you know, preview of what he could be to this offense. The times that he did touch the ball. Um, albeit few, you could tell that that guy was just, you know, ready to come out of a cannon. Um, I think there was a, one of the first places that they, they got the ball to him was kind of on a wide receiver screen. They had him lined up out wide. It's a quick pass. Jimmy G is really good at those, you know, shotgun snap, quick pass outside, you know, the wide receivers block downfield a little bit and boom, he just turned on the jet so fast. And I honestly, I didn't recognize who he was. But he was so fast and like broke a tackle and got, I think it was like 12 yards. I was like, whoa, who is that guy? <laughs> and that was, that was Christian McCaffrey. So um, very, very excited to have him. Uh, let's learn a little bit more about him, Grandpa. I know you have kind of a, a bio sheet. Tell us uh, about Christian McCaffrey. Well, this, this guy, <clears throat> his father played for us in 1994, Ed McCaffrey. He was a wide receiver. 
um, number 87. And he um, later went to Denver and won two Super Bowls in Denver. And that's where the family resides. That's where um, Christian was born. And he grew up in Colorado in high school. He scored 141 touchdowns. 141 touchdowns That's um, in high school, I, you know. And then he went to Stanford and his sophomore year in St at Stanford, he gained over 2000 yards. Mm -hmm. um, he was drafted by the Carolina Panthers as the eighth pick in the 2017 draft, as I recall. And um, he he's the third player to ever have a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving in the same year, Roger Craig being one of the others. Um, and uh, he's just he's just a, a yardage machine is my name for him. I mean, he he's a first down maker. He touched the ball, I think it was 10 times on Sunday, he gained 63 yards and three first downs. And that's what we're going to see is just first downs. Um, yeah, he's, I am just in heaven that we got this guy. I didn't think we had a chance to get him. And I think I said that last week that, you know, he may be on the block, but we're not going to get him. And we did. So I really take my hat off to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, and they've done it, done it again. Um, so we have, I mean, we're loaded on offense. And uh, McCafferty is, uh, maybe he's the spark that we need, you know, to start a 10 game winning streak or or whatever. But yeah, he's, yeah. he's solid. Very solid. Dad, what were, what were your thoughts when you, when you saw the news? Oh, I was ecstatic because uh... I think, you, I think you called me. Yeah, you called me like right away. <laughs> you were, I was super excited. He's a playmaker. I mean, we got Debo who get the ball in his hands and he yards after catch. He just makes plays. He, he makes people miss tackles. Um, and uh, I love that. And even um, Jennings and Ayuk. And we have a lot of playmakers. I mean, Garoppolo just distributes the ball and we get, we, it's the yards after people touch that ball. And Christian McCaffrey is just another amazing weapon. Um, no one around the league, I mean, is like the number one fantasy league player for, you know, the years he's been in the league because uh, he finds the end zone, you know, and he puts, uh, he, he racks up the yards. So the, he's just a little spark plug. Um, and I think it's just going to be another, you know, just a huge threat to every defense uh, with uh, Debo and our other, you know, um, playmakers and athletes. Um, Christian McCaffrey is just an awesome fit and he's, yeah, he's just quick, fast and uh, um, yeah, he's got a nose for the ball and he's a winner. So I'm glad he's on our team. I know, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, some of my initial thoughts um, and I can kind of talk my way through them were awesome. I'm a huge playmaker, uh, but some of the storylines kind of surrounding him lately have been his health. Uh, you know, he's been injured for, uh, you know, really the last two years. This year, he's really looking back to, to kind of his, his uh, first two years in the league. 
Uh, and it really was up until that 2020 year where everything got crazy because of COVID and the prep and everything, you know, there were more injuries in 2020 uh, than normal. And a lot of people attribute that to a shortened um, training camp uh, and everything to kind of just, you know, the world flipped on its head pretty much. But, uh, you know, coach uh, Shanahan was asked about that and said, you know what, we like, we, we recognize that we thought back in 2017, he had the highest kind of um, bill of health pretty much that they've ever seen coming out of college. So you can't predict these things. Uh, and, you know, if you take that injury history, the last two years too much into, um, you know, if you think about that too much, then you're not going to make a single move ever because this is football and football injuries happen. Um, but hopefully he's now you know, in a place where he's kind of recovered, his body's back, back together, he can stay healthy, um, which I, I sure hope he can. Um, the second thing that I was like so stoked about was um, the, just the fact that he's not a rental. You know, when a lot of these kind of big trades go down in midseason for these contenders like the Niners that, that want to uh, kind of just, you know, deepen their roster or add a weapon going uh, into the second half of the season, um, sometimes it is a rental. Uh, even last year when the, the Rams picked up Von Miller, it was a rental um, and it paid off for them. They won the Super Bowl. But uh, the best part about Christian McCaffrey, he's not a rental. This guy's going to be under contract through 2025. And the way that they got him, uh, honestly, the, the Panthers did a lot of the, they, they bear a lot of the dirty um, money, if you will, of all the guaranteed money they had converted into signing bonus. So even this year, he's on like a vet minimum. Um, and then the money get, uh, left on the contract for the other three years is not guaranteed. So at some point they will probably restructure, but he is under contract for the next three years. Uh, John Lynch and you know, team has to figure out how everybody's gonna get paid, uh, but still he's, he's under contract. He's gonna be a niner um, and uh, gonna be part of this, this offense going forward. Right, yeah, the trading deadline is November 1st. I don't think we're gonna make any more moves. We, we might. Um, but typically, Josh, just like you said, these star players that are playing in their last year of their contract are going to become a free agent, you know, in 10 games. Right. Um, so teams that know they're not going anywhere, they trade them to get something because at the end of the season, they get nothing. Um, so, you know, each year there's a bunch of stars traded. Um, the Bears traded Robert Quinn today to Philly. Yep, you know, big trade. Yeah, and he's one of their better, best players, um, but he's going to be a free agent, and they're, he's going to go somewhere else, and so they got something for him. Um, so, yeah, there's the next few days there'll be some activity, um, and it's always an interesting time of the year. Yeah, I, I doubt we'll see any trades. If we do see any um, I think it might just be some more interior defensive line depth, but that's really the only thing that I can see us, us wanting, but we, we still have a pretty good, um, and deep line. So I, I honestly don't think we would even see that. There's, there's a cornerback in Washington who has asked to be traded. I think his name is Williams. Um, 
and he he wants out so he will be traded now where he's going to go i have no idea but um there's a possibility we might get him true uh, yeah we'll, we'll see yeah. november 1st yeah we'll see all right well let's talk some rams um this game it's going to be a big one as you guys mentioned it's it's down in la uh, uh, you guys are going to be there uh it's a 1 p.m kick uh, it's, you know, it's in Inglewood at SoFi, uh, which is kind of an indoor outdoor stadium. But anyways, it should be beautiful weather in Southern California. Um, right now, San Francisco and the Niners are favored by one and a half points with the over and under being 42 and a half. Uh, so they're predicting a little bit of a low scoring game. Uh, and you know, I don't, I don't think they're necessarily wrong to believe that. Uh, but I will share my like prediction at the end so let's let's talk some rams um dad what are some things that you know are you are interested in um or storylines that you're following going into this rams game um i am thinking uh we have to con contain cooper cup um that's my number one thing the rams aren't gonna run the ball uh, a whole lot very successful especially against our defense um so they're going to have to go to the air. Um, we'll put a lot of pressure on them, on uh, on Stafford, of course. Um, but it's, you know, I mean, when any team plays uh, the Rams, it's about containing Cooper Cup, trying to keep uh, him in front of you, not let him get behind you, um, and uh, just keep him, uh, minimize his yards after catch, I guess. Just keep the ball in front of, um, in front of us um, and contain Cooper Cup. So that's kind of what we'll be looking at. And also to see how we uh, we utilize Christian McCaffrey and just see what our offense looks like. Um, hopefully Debo is healthy, um, that he will play. You know, he's nursing his hamstring. So, but to uh, to be full strength offensively with our, uh, you know, our playmakers would be awesome. So, and to get some rhythm. Uh, it's still, it's so hard to, I really haven't seen um, the Niners really develop offensive rhythm. And then in this last game, kind of stall in the red zone, I guess. So just to be consistent offensively, to move the ball. And um, I'm excited about that. I think we have great potential um, to, to win this game. Uh, we match up really well against the, the Rams and have, you know, have a great history playing them. So um, Cooper Cup and then uh, just being able to move the ball offensively. Um, I'm excited to be there and, and watch it all go down. Grandpa, what, what are some of your thoughts kind of headed into the game? Well, the Rams are a rival. They have been since, you know, we joined the NFL in 1950. This is the 148th meeting between the two teams. And um, for many years, the Rams just killed us. They were 20 games ahead of us in the season series. And then in the 80s, this started to turn around. And today, we lead the series 76, 68, and three ties. We've won the last seven regular season games. Um, and we have played well against them. Um, I just was looking at their offensive line and boy, is it different from the Super Bowl just a few months ago. So, you know, Andrew Whitworth retired, and then they had two other guys that, um, for one, went to the Panthers, Edwards, and 
two other of their offensive linemen are on IR. So um, they're, they're playing a third string center right now. Although Brian Allen may come back this Sunday, um, they're, you know, that's a game day decision, but their line is, is just a shell of what it was a year ago. That's why they can't run the ball. They average 70 yards a game. That's 31st in the league. Um, and Matthew Stafford has been sacked 22 times. Yep. So, you know, the offensive line, that's where, why they can't run. And it's why Stafford's getting sacked. Um, so I look for, I, I don't worry about Bosa at all. He's, you know, there's teams that may play right at him. They used to do that against Lawrence Taylor and others, just the way to beat them is go right at them. Um, but Bosa is, he's a Hall of Famer. He's, he's going to be just phenomenal. So um, I look for our pass rush to really put pressure on Stafford because um, they have to pass, they can't run. Cooper yep. Cup is phenomenal. He, you cannot guard him. <clears throat> you can't guard him. You know they're going to throw to him and he's open and he has great hands and that's so yeah he's he's their weapon um and so yeah it's a great it's a great rivalry that <clears throat> rivalries really thrive when both teams are good they don't do thrive when you know both teams are lousy but we, i remember growing up as a kid and and the la rams used to beat us all the time uh with their fearsome foursome and Roman Gabriel and Jack Snow and all those guys. So it's nice to, to, to finally be beating them. And um, Sunday we're, we're a point and a half favorite. I, when I look at it, it's, I think we should be more, but um, as long as we win, I'll be happy. Right. Um, yeah, just real quick for a, a plug for our uh, last time we played the Rams back on October 3rd. Uh, at the end of our podcast, both dad and grandpa shared some really cool stories about Jack Snow and other um, kind of Rams tidbits in history as, uh, you know, we spent, our family has spent a lot of time here in Southern California. Um, so I just wanted to put a plug in for that if you want to hear some cool stories about Jack Snow and others. Um, going back to kind of Rams prep, uh, something that, that really stood out to me that you both already mentioned, but just kind of want to drive them home is that, yeah, their, uh, their rushing game stinks. I mean, it's, it's terrible, which puts a lot of pressure on Matt Stafford. I'm sorry, Matthew Stafford, apparently likes being called Matthew. Uh, and, uh, and he has been having a hard season, as you mentioned, sacked 22 times. And I believe he has nine interceptions, which is second most in the league behind Matt Ryan, who just got benched, um, who has 10. So he's, he's not playing well. I mean, they are averaging 17.3 um, points a game, which is 24th in the league. We average just three points more, um, which isn't that much more. But like, I said, I, like we talked about, I think we're trending in the right direction. Honestly, I don't think they are trending in any direction. I think uh, they kind of are what they are for now. Uh, it, but it'll be interesting to see what Sean McVay draws up 
as much as we talk about Kyle Shanahan being an offensive genius, um, Sean McVay also gets touted as uh, another kind of brainchild of these new innovative offenses. So it'll be interesting to see kind of if they do anything different, what, what do they do and how do they utilize uh, Cooper Cup maybe in different ways um, and such to kind of uh, and try to enforce their will once again. But, but I do think, you know, this, the Niners have a way of finding themselves against the Rams. And, and I mean, finding out who they are and getting their confidence back. We saw that just four weeks ago. I hope this is another one of those games. There's been other games in past seasons uh, of this. Uh, and, you know, I do think that there's a good chance. Um, and, and I would agree with you, grandpa, that we win this game. Uh, I, th I think a point and a half, you know, favorite, I would definitely take the Niners on that. And I would also definitely take the over um, 42.5. That's, that's, I think a little bit low considering uh, that the Rams defense isn't exceptional. Uh, uh, they, they, there is probably still a top 10 defense, but against our offense, I think we will score more than, than usual uh, than they usually allow. If we, uh, one thing, if we can hold them under, you know, 20 points, I think we'll win the game, you know, um, but that our defense has to hold them under 20. I think that's just kind of how it's going to be. I think it's going to be like, it's kind of interesting how Vegas predicts the over under, you know, how close that's going to be. They're going to be right in the ballpark. We need to score, you know, over 20 and hold them to under 20 and it's probably going to be a three or four point spread i mean that's kind of the kind of game i i see i think that it's going to be uh just because i our offense i don't have a lot of faith yet in consistency i think we'll hit some big plays we just gotta uh um you know be able to move the ball consistently up and down the field control the ball and i think we'll we'll hold the rams we'll keep them I mean, I'm thinking 17 points are under, but um, yeah, we just gotta, we gotta move the ball and, and, and hold them back. I mean, it's just, you know, X's and O's and, you know, common, common sense. And I, I yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, and we mentioned this almost every single week as does every commentator, honestly, but turnovers are gonna be huge, especially in these close games, low scoring games. Those turnovers are huge. Even if that turnover just turns into three points, uh, obviously you want it to turn into seven. Uh, low, points matter in a low-scoring match, um, so it'll be it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm very fascinated to see this this kind of this one shake out. Uh, before we get to game predictions, just some injury updates. Uh, we've mentioned that you know, we're once again we're recording this on Wednesday evening. Uh, Debo Samuel is nursing a hamstring industry, um, injury, did not practice today. Other um, folks that did not practice were Armstead, of course, he's out. Um, Ebukam with an Achilles kind of tendonitis. Dre Greenlaw is nursing his calf. He, he did miss some time in the game uh, against the Chiefs with that calf. Uh, Juwan Jennings with a hamstring. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk uh, had surgery on his finger on Monday, will be out this game, hopes to be back um, after the bye. And then Trevor Williams had a kind of a, a resting day uh, since he, he's a boss and he can do that. Uh, what is great to see is that Nick Bosa 
and Charvarius Ward with their groin injuries that, you know, very key players on our defense are not listed anywhere in the injury report. So that's great. That's great news. Did you, uh, mention, did you mention Greenlaw? Is he, is he questionable? Yeah, he, he did not practice today. Um, I can, I don't know what his game status is. I mean, it's still a little early. It's Wednesday. Okay. Uh, I don't think he's ruled out. If anything's, yeah, he's questionable or day to day. Cool. Okay. Cause yeah, he's our number one. He's our leading leads the team in tackles right now. So I, he's, he's key in Armstead. I mean, he's, uh, there was a stat, I think uh, I saw that um, with Armstead in we're we're number eight uh, against the run with our defense and with him out of the game, we're, we're number 24 in the league, you know, without Armstead in. So um uh, not that we have to worry too much about the run with the Rams, but Armstead and Greenlaw, uh, you know, I don't like missing any game with uh, either one of those guys missing, actually. So, Right. Yeah. And the last piece of good news on the injury front is that we mentioned it last week, Jason Verrett uh, coming off the uh, physically unable to perform list uh, did officially get activated. So he um, he is on the roster, whether he plays or not this week we'll see um but he is now eligible to play this this season remember they they had to activate him by today otherwise he was out for the year um so that that's good that we saw that um once again we'll see if he plays this week or if they give him just be more cautious and careful give him the buy and be really be back for the kind of second half of, of the of the season Grandpa, any any other things that I missed on the injury updates? No, I that's all the injuries that that I'm aware of. They're concerning. Um, we need everybody. And, we need everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think I, I mentioned this right before we we started recording that you know Debo. Obviously, you want Debo. We need Debo on the offense. Uh, nursing a hamstring. Hamstrings kind of need time. It, uh, you can do some things to kind of strengthen that hamstring, but most injury, uh, hamstring injuries really just need time. So not surprised to see that he did not practice today. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch his practice participation uh, Thursday and Friday. Uh, but would love, you know, we, as much as we talked about Debo being that wide back, the kind of running a wide receiver turned running back, um, Christian McCaffrey is the opposite. He's a you know, receiver back uh, or a, a wide, what's the opposite, I guess, um, running, running receiver, running receiver. Thank you. Um, so to have them both on, on like fully functioning, fully participating in the offense, being able to make those motion, that pre-stat motion that Kyle Shanahan loves and get often defenses kind of stuck in their packages they have on the field is going to be so fun to see. Uh, so I really hope the Debo can can be healthy for this game. Debo, Debo is a Ram killer. He, yep. for whatever reason, plays really well against the Rams. The Rams also are coming off a of bye week. So they're rested. Um, they're getting some injured people back and they've had two weeks to game plan against us. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a factor. Um, mm -hmm. Our buy will come after this game. And while we're disappointed in our record, um, I did want to point out that 
the first half of this season, we've played five road games and had three home games. Mm -hmm. So we've, you know, a lot of this has been on the road and that'll come back on the second half of the season when we have mostly home games. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a positive. That is a positive, including that game in Mexico City where it's technically an away game, but we should have, I would think, uh, Niners um, home crowd, home away from home. Yeah. Very good. Um, okay, so let's talk some game and some score predictions. Uh, Dad, what did you have? Let's see. Uh, I think I said, what was it? 20. Let's see. What do we got here? 23, uh, 17. Yeah, 23, uh, 17 Niners. So a six point spread there, holding the Rams to 17 points. If we hold the Rams to 17 points, we win the game, regardless, you know. Um, and, uh, and I'm hoping we, we get 23 or more points uh, from the Niners. Grandpa, what do you think? <clears throat> my prediction is the Niners will win, will win by three. And my score would be 27-24. Um, so it's, they're always tight games. Um, I'd rather have a, you know, a laugher and win by 30, but that doesn't happen. So 27-24 is my score. Very good. Uh, I'm closer to you, Grandpa. Um, and I teased this a little bit. I think that this will be a little bit, uh, you know, and I'm making my assumption based on that Debo will play but I do think that this will be a little bit of a breakout game that we can really see Christian McCaffrey go, uh, you know, full strength in as the primary running back and utilize him in ways that we haven't seen yet, that the Rams haven't seen yet. Um, and my, my score is a 31-24 Niners. Uh, and the reason why that I have also the Rams getting above 20, um, although I hope that they don't, is just that I do feel like that we put some things on tape against the Chiefs that Sean McVay will also try to expose. Um, I'm, sure. I'm nervous about that, uh, sure. but but I, I think that we have enough to to overcome that. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well, as uh, per usual, we always end uh, 49ers family with a story from Grandpa Mike as he's kind of been around the team and been a fan since 1949. So Grandpa, what story do you have for us tonight? Well, tonight I thought I'd share with everyone um, this wonderful thing that happened to me along the way. Um, everybody that knows me knows that I'm a huge 49er fan. Um, they did where I worked at United Airlines and all my friends and neighbors. I mean, you know, I'm always wearing 49er paraphernalia. So <clears throat> a number of years ago, uh, a gal I worked with, her husband is a doctor. And it turns out that Joe Montana's wife's grandfather was ill. And he just didn't have any energy. And they thought he was probably going to die. And so they took him to a couple of doctors and without success, and they finally took him to um, this gal I worked with, uh, husband, and he recommended some medication. And the the grandfather went home and and took the took the meds and made this miraculous recovery. He was his old self. 
He had all the energy in the world and the family was very thankful. So they, on the next visit, they said, you know, we, we, we want to thank you. It, we, you, you saved my father's life or my grandfather. And um, so they said, how would you like to meet Joe Montana? And the doctor said, who's Joe Montana? <laughs> and so he went home that night and he told his wife who I work with and she goes, oh, I got to ask my Casey, tell my Casey about this. And <clears throat> so she came to work the next day and told me the story. And she said, would you mind talking to my husband and telling him a little bit about Joe's background because we're gonna go meet him. So anyway, to kind of fast forward on this story, it was about six months later that they did go up to Rancho Palos Verdes and meet Joe Montana during the off season. And so they sat around for about an hour and they talked and they had young children in common and they both liked horses. And Patty along in that hour um, told him, Joe Montana, about me. She said, I work with a guy who is just your greatest fan and he flies up to half the games. You know, he lives in Southern California, but he flies up to San Francisco and he's just, you know, a phenomenal fan. So that was one of the things she said. And then it was the conversation kind of became an hour. They had nothing to talk about. We've all kind of been there. And um, so Patty and her husband were going to leave. You know, they said, okay, well, we should get going. And Joe says to Patty, now, what was your friend's name? And Patty goes, what friend? Because they talked about a lot of things. You know, the guy that comes up to the games and, oh, that's Mike Casey. And so Joe says, hold, just hold on a second. Don't leave. So he goes down the hall and he comes back with a, an autographed football. So, you know, it's to Mike, a faithful 49er, J Joe Montana. So I have that right behind me here. Um, and then there's a little more to this story. It kind of... Um, it has another piece to it. So it's, it's years later and Ronnie Lott became a plan B free agent and he was picked by, signed by the Raiders. So he's going to come in and play in LA um, after his illustrious career at, as a 49er. And um, he sent his agent to look at property you know, he looked at, the, I'm told, a hundred places in Southern California for Ronnie to live. And he wanted, Ronnie wanted him to narrow it down to four or five, and then he would go look at those places. So one of my clients um, lived at the beach in Playa del Rey. He had a three-story um, house that he was renting, and it had a fireplace on each level. I mean, it, view of the ocean it was you know spectacular and his landlord kept raising the rent and this guy could afford it you know it was really not a problem but he didn't like the landlord raising the rent every year so he said i'm i'm out of here i'm you know so the place became for rent and i got a call at home from my client 
who was a practical joker. And so at first I didn't believe him, but he said, Mike, uh, if you want to meet Ronnie Lott, come on over Sunday. He's going to be here at three o'clock to look at my place. So I didn't call him back right away. And the next day he called me again and he said, do you want to meet Ronnie Lott or not? And I said, are you kidding? And he said, no, he's going to come and look at my place. And um, so I said, yeah, I would love to meet him. So he said, well, be here about 2.30 because he's coming at three o'clock on Sunday. So I was there. I had my 49er shirt on and I brought the Joe Montana signed ball and a magazine that Ronnie Lott was on the cover. And so while he came in and Ronnie Lott was just marvelous. He was a wonderful, wonderful guy. He couldn't have been more friendly. Um, so he walked into the living room where I was and he saw my 49er shirt and he said, oh no, because he's now with the Raiders. And I just said, Ronnie, thank you for 10 years of wonderful thrills and, and you know, four championships. And he said, oh, thank you. Thank you. And so anyway, they look at that they go upstairs and they come back down and I <clears throat> was hesitant, but I, I did it. I, I asked him, I said, Ronnie, would you be kind enough to sign this ball? And so he said, sure, I'd be glad to. And so he, he holds the ball and he says, oh, I see Joe's been here. <laughs> I said, yeah, Joe's been here. So anyway, he, um, he's also signed this football and it's one of my, pride and joys so that's my story for tonight that's so awesome um i, I love that story I, I haven't heard that one in honestly a very very long time uh so super super cool i know grandpa has a a full room dedicated to san francisco sports um with all kinds of stories behind every single item so um thank you for sharing that sure Okay, well, that'll do it for another episode of 49ers Family. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, we love feedback, love questions, and incorporate them into our, our, um, our talk track here. Uh, once again, please email us, at, email us at 49ersfamilypodcast at gmail.com. That's 49ers49ERS, familypodcast at gmail.com. Um, until next time, thank you for being part of our 49ers family. Go Niners! Go Niners! Beat the Rams!